This ABC podcast contains naughty, naughty language. And we actually think that's pretty cool. For the next half hour, everything in this podcast is strictly based on the available facts. This is the final reel of Finding Desperado. I'm Cameron James, and over the last five episodes, Alexei Toliopoulos and I have been on a bizarre, globe-trotting journey that all began in my childhood bedroom, looking at the 2005 edition of the Guinness Book of Records. From there, we visited the dark underground world of a 1990s-era chat room, the glamorous trade papers of the Cannes Film Festival, a walking tour of Paris, the rain-slicked streets of Amsterdam, and the sun and sand of Ibiza. Somewhere along the way, Lord Sidney Ling caught wind of our search, and he has contacted me. Dear Cameron, you've been looking for me. The hunter has become the hunted. The hunter, the hunter. Good chills, and they're multiplying. multiplying. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, I'm gonna crap. Like this is crazy. (laughs) This is crazy. I never thought we'd get here. I never thought we'd get here. It's truly insane. Mm. It's truly crazy. You know, I remember you emailing like countless email addresses. We got Mm -hmm. jack all from it, Mm -hmm. and now he reaches out to you. How do you even get your email address? No idea. It came from an email address that I hadn't emailed at all. He says that uh, someone forwarded it to him via, via, via Germany. Mm. You'll be happy to know I instantly wrote back to him. Hello, Lord Sydney. It's great to hear from you. You are a hard man to reach. If you make it down the mountain, could we possibly have a phone call? I think we'd have a great chat and it'd be a pure joy to talk to you about your life as an artist and a producer. Hmm, pure joy, huh? Yeah, I was sucking up to him a little bit. I've been thinking about nothing but this guy for the entire year, and then out of the blue, I get contact with him. He replied, Talking about old Ibiza, of course, is what I love most. My best school in life. I wish we could go back in time with all my old friends. Steve Seely, Salvador Dali, Orson Welles. Terry Thomas and Marilyn Monroe's hidden daughter, Nancy, who was in touch with me 10 days ago. I thought she was dead. Memory lane stuff. He's heard from Nancy. They've been in touch 10 days ago, apparently. And you know what? I actually didn't even bring Nancy Miracle up at (gasps) all in the email. So he's brought that up out of nowhere. He's bringing up all his friends that we've been reading about him connecting with all over these years. We had a million questions. I thought it would be best to ask if he would be interested in having a phone conversation with us. Mm-hmm. And he replied... I love to talk with you, but cannot be on the phone for more than one minute. My ears go crazy. I will check with a friend, Greg. He may have a way to set up something with a mobile phone. 
The name Greg is familiar, Cameron. Does it ring a bell for you? Yes. Do you think the Greg you're speaking to now is your dear old friend Gerg from the message boards? <laughs> Lord Sydney is, or was, quite a character, Gerg. So I gave him my number and a few days later I got a message on WhatsApp. Hello, Cameron. This is Greg for Lord Sydney. You may communicate with him via WhatsApp. However, Sydney is not always here or available. He used to live in a castle outside Paris and later up in the hills in a beautiful Spanish noble house. But he has lived almost everywhere, like a cosmopolitan nomad. The whole thing's very strange to me. You know what it it feels like? It feels like when Clarice Starling is about to find Buffalo Bill Mm. in Silence of the Lambs. Your favourite movie. And my favourite series of clips on Cinemania 95. Maybe we need one last piece of advice from our very own Hannibal Lecter then. I understand that you've made quite some progress since my last bit of advice that I gave you. We have. we've, uh, We've made contact with Lord Sydney and... We're about to have a phone call with him. We're going to hear his actual voice for the first time. Oh, very exciting. Listen, you've captured Ling and you should be proud of yourselves for it. Remember this. He senses that your strike is imminent. All war is deception. And Ling will deceive. Heed this warning, guys, and you'll be just fine. There's so much, as you know, there's like a wealth of Lord Sidney Ling content out there. I don't even know where to kind of focus my line of questioning on this guy. Is he a real lord? I certainly could find no record of his title, so it's not clear if he's from a decaying dynasty, if it's an honorary title, or if he bought it off the internet. Is Lex the Wonder Dog real? Are his Guinness World Records legitimate? I think we've really got to get to the bottom of Mr Ling's motivations, and uh, most significantly, I think we've just got to ask him straight, does he believe all of this stuff? Does he actually believe his own mythology? I mean, when it came to Todd Noy, I believed every word of it. I was driven by it. David, do you believe in us? I believe only three things in this life. I believe in Noy. I believe in love. And I believe in you. Sydney Ling has put himself out there all these years. It's all these trails leading back to art that he's created. I think we should give him the artist interview that he's never had. That's a really nice idea. Are you ready to call him? It's now or never. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Is this Lord Sydney? This is Lord Sydney. Hey, this is Cameron. How are you? Hello, Cameron. Um, I'm still alive. That's good. That's good. I've got my uh, good friend and co-host Alexi here with me on the phone. Hello, Alexi. Hey, Lord Sydney. I'm very excited to talk to you. Yes. Uh, Alexi, you have a very nice Greek name. Thank you very much. I'm a very proud Greek man. Do you speak Greek, Lord Sydney? Well, that's one of the languages I'm not really good at, to be honest. Can you list the languages that you could speak? Well, then we need another interview for three more days. (laughs) I've got the time. I've got the time if you do. If you want to speak to me in any language, go ahead. And don't use Google Translator. Just Uh, do it on your own. You caught me out already. You caught me out. (laughs) 
que no pasa nada, que yo hablo muchos idiomas, conmigo puedes hablar, con sea, del español, porque soy más español que nadie. If you want to change to French, it's not a problem, because finally I'm French. It's what the people don't know, they're Sydney, I'm French. And I go from the one town to the other town, it's not a problem, it's what I'm saying. It's like, my life has been always all around the world. If we do not enjoy life now, when the hell will we? Uh, whereabouts are we speaking from today? Caroline, near Benidorm in Spain. You're in Spain. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, I've been texting your friend Greg, who helped me arrange this conversation. He told me that you used to live in a castle. Do you live in a castle in the mountains in Spain? No, 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 no. I'm living in a, uh, in a Spanish house in the, uh, the, uh, in the mountains, which are called the Bernia Mountains. Where I am now, it's hard to get to. I mean, you know, you have to be uh, between Batman and Superman to get to where I am. <laughs> In the old days, when Adam West was still alive, he would, you know, you could just... Wait a second, were you, fr were you friends with Adam West? Well, we used to be in touch in the old days. I just want to pause here quickly to say that he is going to name drop all through this conversation. But he also says multiple times that he is not a name dropper. Yeah, I'm not a name dropper, so I wouldn't do it. Every five minutes or so, he managed to slip in a spontaneous story about some famous friends of his like Salvador Dali, Christopher Lee, Klaus Kinski, Charlie Chaplin, the King of Morocco, the Rothschilds, and as you're about to hear, Orson Welles. So let's go back to the old days a little bit, Lord Sydney. So you've got an incredible life. I've read a bit about you online. You've been a filmmaker, a producer, a musician. It's, it's like you've packed thousands of years into your lifetime. When you were a child, what did you want to be? I was lucky to be born on, on, on Ibiza. Normally, every day I would have lunch with Steve Silly and Peter Kingsley, and then when with Orson Welles. <laughs> I was brought up between painters, between between actors, between writers, between sculptures, between uh, the rich and the famous, between all the big families in the world. They all came to Ibiza, and they trusted me because I was a little clever boy. I used to run around the island, and they would say, Sydney, Sydney, can you uh, call a taxi? I was like seven, eight years old. So I said, that, that's peanuts. I mean, I can call you 500 taxis. There was nothing. Sydney, can you introduce me to the bank manager? We want to open a bank account. I would do it. Would <laughs> Hang do it. on. How did, you, how did you know the bank manager when you were seven years old? Ah, that was peanuts. Come on, Cameron. I knew everybody. Everybody knew me. It was a whole different world. People used to speak and talk to each other without mobile phones. It was, it was the real world. Not much left of that one. Orson Welles, one of the great filmmakers, great actors, writers. I love F for Fake. I love all of his films. How did you meet Orson and, and how many times did you have lunch with him and talk with him? I, I know exactly where because the long-term memory is always better. We are exactly back in the F for Fake period. Um, so I must have been 11. I think it's 71, 72. I think that's around about that time. And then I was the only little bugger, really, who was accepted by the elite and by those people. Why, why, why do you think that was? Well, because I, I was very well informed of what was going on in Hollywood. I was very well informed because I wanted to be in the entertainment, pushing people, helping people. I didn't want to make any movies. I, I just wanted to help people. I'm not a name dropper, but you can imagine there were quite a few people. And they, they loved me. And I, and I, loved, I mean, I was eight, nine years, ten years old, having lunch with all the great people of the planet. 
At this point, Cam, how are you feeling about him? He's charming. He is charming and he's clearly trying to impress us and whether or not these stories are true, it's working on me. It's fun to hear this stuff. So tell me a bit about your parents. Were they artists as well? No. Well, my father, first of all, was in the boating business many years ago all over the world. Then he got into the uh, hotel and restaurant business. My father was much too busy, far too busy to spend time on me. How did that feel when you're a young, you're a young kid, your father not having much time for you? He was too busy. He was making money. And, 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 uh, and sometimes he was a bit jealous because sometimes I would date some of the actors or, or, or the people or, or business people into my father's restaurant. And he would look at me, what the fuck is he doing with those people? How is this possible? Tell us a little bit about the nobility in your family. Lord Sidney Ling. Where does the Lord come from? The Lord comes from French. It's a translation, although I have some more lordships, but the original lordship is French. It's Seigneur en français, c'est Seigneur, parce qu'on est des Français, finalement. C'est mon Seigneur, ouais. Is that from your father's side? Yes. So your father held... From my grandmother, actually. Your grandmother held the title on your father's side. Yeah, yeah. From the oldest, one of the oldest families in Europe, yeah. What's the name? What family? Roussi, like Rossiel, Roussi. The, the ling, there is no ling. The ling is because when on Ibiza, when, when the Spanish, the Spanish don't speak any languages. So they couldn't even pronounce Sydney. So there was Sydney, Sydney. And then because my mother's name is Kipling, they couldn't pronounce it. So it became ling, 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 ling. But it's no ling. It's, it's clipping and kipping. Oh, really? So wow. it's, a, it's a mispronunciation of uh, the Germanic name, clipping. I took off the kip and the clip, yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't, I shouldn't have probably done that, but anyway. So that answers our first question. He is a distant French lord. Maybe. I just wanted to pause here again to say something about his apparent French lordship. Mm -hmm. And please, everyone, please keep in mind, I'm not a historian. So (laughs) so all of this is coming from like an article that I read on the BBC or something like that. Okay. After the revolution in the 1800s, nobility titles were all abolished in France. And since then, there's been hundreds of people a year claiming to be descendants from old French aristocracy. Some of them probably are, but at the same time, because of shitty record-keeping or due to data protection, (laughs) it's also very difficult to prove if they are or aren't. So whether Sydney is or isn't a lord, you know, French is the perfect one to say you are because it's very hard to disprove. At the very least, he's done his homework on this. He's done his homework. Also, and David mentioned this earlier, you can buy an honorary lordship title on the internet for, for like $45. While we were on his family, I did want to ask about his love life. Uh, Lord Sidney, do you have a partner? Are you married? When I was five years old, I told my mother, I said, two things I will never do. And she looked at me like, you're five years old. What are you going to tell me? I said, I will never get married. And I will never smoke. And until the day of today... I haven't done. <laughs> so you've never smoked and you've never uh, you've never been married. No, no, I got plenty of girlfriends, but I've, I've never smoked. No. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> While we were trying to find you, Sydney, and getting contact to you, someone that I came across along the way was an old acquaintance of yours, uh, Nancy Miracle. Mm-hmm. 
Nancy used to live on, on Ibiza, and she has, we have similar friends. She knew a lot of people, and we, we sort of, uh, yeah, from Ibiza, we, later we met in Paris. She wanted to come to Paris and meet me, then she stayed with me for a while, and then she moved on. We found this interesting Facebook page that she has. Do you hmm? know the story behind that? What, is she, is she pretending to be married to me? <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, I saw that and then we saw some comments on a a website called Live Ibiza about you two being engaged. I think this is around 2006. (laughs) I think she kissed me once, but uh, no, we never ever had any relationship. I have never been engaged with Nancy Miracle. But I just don't Well, Sydney, we want to ask you about your films. We saw a film that you actually directed called Shadows of Blood. And when I emailed you about it, you told me it wasn't a real movie. What do you mean by that? No, 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 no. I didn't see it after they edited it. It was never meant to be a commercial. It was just a test with Nashi and a few other friends to see how Nashi would do it in English. Okay. Well, that's, and then that's... they made this version out, out of what you probably saw. That's interesting because um, I was chatting to a wonderful Dutch actor named Ava van Heiningen. Do you remember her? She's uh, one of the actors in the film. Oh, Ava. Yeah. Oh, she's the Dutch actress. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. She's in the little sequence. Yeah. Ava. Ava. Yeah. She said that it was a real film or she, she believes it's a real film. No, it was a real film in the way that it was filmed. Come on, it was filmed in, in, in the sequences were, were filmed in a proper, in a, in, in a, like it would be, you know, professional scenes. But it was not meant to be sold or commercially released. There were actually tests. And then she said, okay, I'm going to kill another uh, uh, victim here, another victim there. I said, vamos a ver, hacemos, hacemos. He loved it. It was exciting. I mean, come on, you cannot make a feature film, Cameron, on, on, on the stupid videotape. Come on, you have to do them 35. <laughs> oh, it's been done. The Dogma 95 movies, There's, it's been done. <laughs> we saw you in Aloeste de Rio Grande, and we just wanted to take a little moment here to tell you how fun and amazing you were in that film. Sydney... That was a movie-star performance. You do stunts, you shoot guns, you ride horses. You get pulled behind a horse while it's dragging you away. That's a crazy, like, Tom Cruise (laughs) stunt. You're in a freaking fist fight. This is great. Why why didn't you do more acting? Why do you like all the bad movies I've been involved (laughs) in? Well, because you won't tell us what the the classics are, These are the only ones we can find. Sabalsa, the director, Jose Maria Sabalsa, I mean, he's never been sober in his life, so he was directing, he was completely drunk, completely drunk, every scene. And you, if you look at the editing of the film, I said, my God, how, what a waste of material. Mm. This is shot at 35 millimeter with a big crew. How can you fuck up a movie so badly? But it was fun doing. And it I was amazing. Be- we loved it. We were, we were cheering. Especially because we hadn't, we'd been <laughs> trying to find you and then we just saw you come alive in this movie star role. I'll tell you, it was like a, it was beyond a thrill for us. Everything is real. There's not, I mean, it's, it's, it's spontaneous. The fights are real. When I'm fighting with Aldo Sambrell, this is real. 
there is nothing fake or foamy about the whole thing. That it's very artisanal. 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 Pausing again here, mm-hmm. that's an interesting word he used there to describe his acting style. Artisanal. Have you ever heard that word used to describe acting before? Yes, but only once. <laughs> In a review for Aloeste del Rio Grande by your favourite critic. Yeah. Elite Finance. Yeah. All this is real, without any stand-in and without any real tricking. This is real. This has never been done before. It's really artisanal. I think we just got a little confirmation about who Elite Finance really is. At this point, we've danced around what we know about him, so we decided to just go for it. When I was trying to find the movie, I was on IMDb trying to find it, and there was a review for the movie. They also complained about the editing and stuff, and then I went on that profile for that reviewer, and they had reviewed the other movies that you were involved in. They reviewed Lex the Wonder Dog, and they reviewed State of Mind. State of Mind. Oh, yeah, 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 the State of Mind. Yeah, this person that wrote the reviews, I wonder if you know them, they signed off as L.F. Berman. Because I found another article because I I was trying to find that name and looking it up with your name as well. And there's an article written about you at Cannes, um, I think in Foyer magazine by Lenny Berman, Ling's Magic. You could be, you mean a Cannes Film Festival stuff or something? Yeah. Do you think it's the same person that's been following your career for all this time and now in the digital age? Hmm. No, no, no. I, I, I knew a Lenny, a Lenny Berman. I knew. Yeah, Lenny Berman. He wrote. Le- he wrote the article about you. Okay, let me give you another hint. You guys are good in finding things. Okay, here, here comes another one. The Lenny, Lenny was there with. Hold on, Khan. There was a documentary about me and Menachem and about Polanski's and Sidney Pollack. Sidney Pollack, me, and a few others. The documentary is called um, Catch as Khan. Catch as Khan. I've not, I've not heard of this yet. Okay. Well, I, 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 I have a copy somewhere in my boxes. I have seen it several times. And when was it made? It's made exactly when you were just mentioned the foyer, the, the, the magazine stuff. It must be the same year or be for, oh, not late 90s somewhere. It could be, could be. It's a fun, fun documentary, actually. Yeah. The bullshit in Cannes, all the bullshit in the movie industry. It's quite educating, yeah. Damn, I'd love to see it. I can't I can't find it anywhere on, on uh, Google. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. I'll, I'm looking up my I'll if I find a, I, I cannot find. It. I, I don't think it's out there. But uh, I tried finding uh, the direction. I couldn't find him a few years ago because I was curious to see what. Uh, I want to paint a picture of that moment that you just heard. While he was telling us about this documentary that was made about him, Cam and I were both furiously <laughs> googling names of the people and the documentary that he mentioned, and nothing came up at all. <laughs> I think he was making it up on the fly. This was really some amazing fabulism at work here. He was trying to distract us. And to be honest, it freaking worked. It freaking worked, but we did not give up, Alexi. We did not, Cameron. I mean, I've read online that you you actually made a film at the age of 13 called Lex the Wonder Dog. Can you tell uh-huh. me about that? Well, Lex the Wonder Dog was just... Uh, um, 
a film because I had the 16 millimeter equipment with, mm-hmm. and, and I had the raw, I had the raw stock and I didn't have the money and I didn't have the, the guts yet to invite movie stars. So I, my grandmother, uh, played with me, played the main part actually and a few friends. And I, I halfway I got bored making it. I thought, what the hell am I doing? Now I have, now I have the equipment of, of, of 16 millimeter. I am the, and I sort of said, this is not really a thing. Anyway, um, after making the, what's just like, like the Wonder Dog, which wasn't a great story, just about the burglar who comes in into, uh, into my mother's house and steals the jewelry. And it's, it's a clever dog, and he goes out at night, he tries to find back the jewelry. So, I mean, it's not really a, a sexy story, but, uh, I mean, you know, I did what I could, and I'm even without a screenplay, just based upon, you know, how I thought it should be. And uh, the dog, the dog solved crimes? Uh, he, yes, he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what was it like working with a dog? Uh, and that must have been difficult. Well, no, that's not difficult at all because I used to be the king of the Ibiza street dogs. In the old days, on Ibiza, on the island Ibiza, yeah. you had the dog, the dog catchers. So they were picking up all the dogs and throw them into the trash cars that would kill them directly in front of your eyes. And I was very friendly with all the street dogs. They loved me. I was like Johnny Weissmuller of the, of, of the dogs. I feed them, I fed them, and they would be, I mean, we were like a family. Right. You are a Guinness World Record winner. That is unbelievable. How did you get that record? Uh, I think there are two records. Um, there, uh, there was a, a guy called... Uh, uh, called Deckers, and he said, come on, you, you, you're the youngest. I said, mm, youngest in what? I'm the youngest in everything. I'm the youngest communication expert. That's for me, that's the best. All the rest doesn't really matter. Um, mm, I don't think that's that important. Guinness doesn't mean, well, Guinness, Guinness roll of records, but it doesn't, I mean, uh, I mean, it's not an Oscar. It's nothing, nothing, nothing to get excited about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying, but it's still pretty cool, you know. So you're in there for uh, the youngest filmmaker. Other people today, they're younger people than I. Oh yeah, they're, yeah. They're people making uh, young boys making feature films on, on digitally. I had to fight with Super 8 and 16 millimeters, and that was that was a crime. That was not easy. And now everybody can do whatever they want. Maybe they've got it a little bit easier than you had back then. If you had to use 16 millimeter and you managed to make. I think it says it's a feature film. I mean, that's impressive. Uh, I, n- I never wanted to be in the Guinness World of Records because I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was interesting. They started sort of contacting them and they said, look, look, look. And they, I think they sent material to, to, to Guinness and then they said, okay, he was 13 years old and great. But I was already old at that. When I was 13 years old, I felt like I was 45 years old. So... <laughs> So hang on, someone else applied for you. You didn't. You didn't apply yourself. No, no. I remember I sent a envelope of pictures uh, on, on the grandmother Martha thing, but um, no, I had two people helping me out. Said they, they, they said we're going to send it to Guinness. I said, well, okay, if you want to, that's it. And did uh, did you send them the film, or was it just pictures from the film? No, I think they had just some stills or posters or stills. So that's the the the, the Lex thing, and the Lex thing, yeah, 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 yeah. And the other one was Grandmother Martha. So that was the that was a documentary about your grandmother. Is that right? Well, I had a special grandmother, and uh, Cameron, you had a special grandmother as well. So well, we all did, didn't we? Yeah. Well, I think that your grandmother. What's your name, Norma? Yes. Okay. Well, she was special. Yes, it is Norma. 
Let's pause again right here to explain what the frick just happened. So Cam was asking Lord Sydney about his film, Grandmother Martha, and Lord Sydney said, you have a special grandmother too. What's her name? Norma. And that is my grandmother's name. Cam spun around to me and Bryce. Uh, who has always been here, but was also a little freaked out. <laughs> I, thought, I felt like I was going to be sick. Uh, how did he know that? I, I have no idea. I thought it was like in an email exchange. Nope. And then when I realised how sick you looked when this happened, I googled your name plus grandmother and I found like an article that you mentioned it in. It was such a bizarre moment. I, I instantly started realising that all these little phrases that he said throughout this conversation, like artisanal. Artisanal. It's really artisanal. Artisanal. And memory lane stuff. Oh, memory lane stuff. Memory lane stuff. Greg. I will check with a friend, Greg. This is Greg. Greg. These are all such specific phrases that I've been hearing on Ibiza Spotlight, on the IMDb reviews, and on the blog spots. It was him. All of it. I'm 90% certain that these were all him. It's like David said, it all comes from the same voice box. It was such a weird feeling realising that this wasn't the first time I've spoken to Lord Sydney. I've been speaking to him under different names for months. Both of those Guinness World Records, you didn't apply for them. Someone applied for you and you don't really care too much about them. No, I don't. You know the story about Lex the Wonder Dog. So I, I was on Ibiza, and I remember I was in the phone booth, Cameron, and I called the, the biggest producer and distributor in Spain, Arturo González. And I said, Arturo, hola, soy Sidney. Es que puedo verte, quiero hablar contigo para hacer una coproducción. Okay, sorry, you need translation probably here. Yeah, I don't know and, what and, you're and, saying. <laughs> <laughs> I said, look, can I come and see you? I'll take the plane and fly to Madrid. I want to talk about uh, a co-production because I wanted, you know, I want to do a, a, another spaghetti western. So, and I said, I have a little film I made, and maybe you want to sell it. I had a negative, and I had one copy. And then my stupid, my friend parked his car not far from the office of Arturo Gonzalez, and I said, but I, I wanted to bring you the, the negative and the copy of the little film I made, but they just. Told it from the car last night. The only copy of Lexa Wonder Dog was stolen from your car? I got to tell you, this is crazy for me to hear it because I've always, you know, fantasized about being in the Guinness Book of Records. And the more I've been learning about you on the internet, I, I have to be honest with you, I started to wonder whether Lex the Wonder Dog even existed and maybe it it only... It was fabricated to get into the Guinness Book of Records. I have to be honest and tell you that crossed my mind. <laughs> yeah. No, that's absolutely not true. It, definitely, uh, Lex the Wonder Dog was made. It was real. Yeah, and, that, and, and uh, yeah, yeah. I wish I could see it. Let me help you out out of the mystery that people think that has never been made. That's complete, excuse my language. Yeah. That's complete bullshit. Then how did you get the record if they never saw the film? They had material. I am not sure or familiar with what they exactly had. They must have had stills and they must have had information. But let's put it this way, Cameron. I was never looking for a record, never ever in my life. Except they introduced to me, they they said, 
I was, I was never looking for it. It was a really long conversation. It went for over two hours. Yeah. And it went everywhere. But did we get the answers to the questions that we wanted? Does Lex the Wonder Dog exist? I believe him when he says that it did exist, but it was never a feature-length film. It's just like the little projects that we made when we were kids. Nobody saw it. Nobody needed to see it, quite frankly. And like us, they've been lost to time as well. Yeah. So is the Guinness World Record fraudulent? Like he said, he never sent in a single frame of film to Guinness. Therefore, they never saw it. Mm -hmm. Therefore, in my opinion, it's not a legitimate world record. And in my opinion, I've lost total faith in Guinness as an (laughs) organisation. And might I add, I've lost total faith in Guinness as a beverage as well. (laughs) Anything else? What else? What else? What else? I guess one more thing I'd like to ask. And this is the most important question that I have for you. How fast is your walking speed? <laughs> no one knows. This is very, 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 very fast. Yeah, I'm a fast walker. I've always done it. This is how I've built up many contacts and relationships in Europe, going from Berlin to Barcelona, from London. From walking's good. What, you walk no. from Berlin to London? <laughs> No, no. I mean, I mean, when I'm in Berlin or when I'm in in Barcelona, I uh, when I was 14, 15 years old, I was carrying two bags with me full of photographs, trying to sell my actors, trying to sell movies, trying to license other people's films, trying wow. to running, run. Uh, energy, energy. Wow, I must say, it sounds like your walking speed is unheard of. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, come over and try out. Sydney, at the end of your life, whenever that may be, maybe in another five or six thousand years, um, yeah. is there? How would you like to be remembered? Well, that's going to be a difficult one. There's so many things I did in my life, and so many things I didn't do, and I wouldn't want to do them. First of all, I'm a very nice boy, and secondly, uh, thank you for helping out because I think I've helped more people. Can you can imagine? That's a good question. The secret of life is joy. To enjoy every moment of life. And I think then you're then you're a happy person. And when I wake up in the morning, it's like another day is another year. Because if you really know me and you really see what I do, every day, Cameron, is like ten years. Because I live. <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> that sounds like hell. Well, that's why I'm 7,000 years old, for God's sake. <laughs> I always tell the truth. See, whenever I tell a lie, people believe me. When I tell the truth, they just uh, they don't believe it. After our interview, I sent another email to Guinness World Records to let them know that Ling never submitted the full film to them and therefore the record was never verified and I asked them if they'd like to release a statement through us Mm. about the fake world record. What did they have to say about themselves? Thanks, Cameron. I'll pass this on to the team. Yeah, they didn't give a shit. They couldn't give a shit at all. (laughs) (laughs) This is worse than being stonewalled. Do you think he believes everything he says? I mean, 
obviously, I think he's behind everything online. Mm. He's been posting on Ibiza Spotlight. He's been commenting on blogs. He's been writing reviews on IMDb. He's been messaging me on WhatsApp, all under different names. I've emailed him a few times since this conversation, hoping for some truth, and he just keeps sending me recordings of himself playing guitar. <laughs> so, so for me, it's, it's not even about that anymore. You know what I've realised? I've realised I get fascinated with people like Lord Sidney or Nancy Miracle because they live their art. And I think they do that because they feel unseen in the mm. world. They both had dreams of being bigger than they are and maybe some early promise that never quite came to fruition and they feel invisible because of that. Yeah. In the very first blog spot I showed you, he writes... One wonders, who thinks about Sydney? I mean, we do. We spent months <laughs> thinking about the freaking guy for this podcast and maybe in that small way we're seeing him. Mm. And we might never get the truth, but I feel good about doing that for him. Yeah, I think we can both relate to those unrealized dreams of childhood. Mm. 13 years old, running around with a camera for the very first time. Yep. I mean, I made a John Cazale documentary <laughs> at the age of 13. And tragically for me, I never became Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> and you made your wonderful short film as well. <laughs> Sidney Ling is someone that has held on to his childhood dreams. He's lived his life as a wonder boy in the world of grown-ups. And we also have another thing in common with Lord Sidney as well. <laughs> What's that? Last night, I visited a little website called lordtitles.co.uk. <laughs> I have purchased lordships for all three of us. I've got yours Right um, here, Bryce. They're, they're physical. That's for you, Alexi. What that's for the... you. Open them up. <laughs> Fellas, congratulations. We are all officially lords. I've got a coat of arms. <laughs> this is finally worth it for me. <laughs> Since this podcast has started coming out, Another review for Lex the Wonder Dog has appeared on IMDb. It's gone live, and I've got to say something before it's too late. I'm not here on behalf of anything but to clear the record and to advocate for a dear friend that cannot advocate for himself any longer. To state that Lex the Wonder Dog is a masterpiece, is an understatement on a colossal scale. This film is a monument to the creative potential of the human mind and the impact of the silver screen on a young soul. Find Lex the Wonder Dog if you want to see a true revolutionary's work. You know I gotta ask. What? Was this review from Lenny B of Elite Finance? <laughs> this was by a new critic called Somnorum Oblivion Delabiter. 
It's a Latin phrase. I put it in Google Translate. Do you know what it means? What does it mean? Forgotten dreams. That was the final reel of Finding Desperado. Created by Lord Alexi Toliopoulos and me, Lord Cameron James. Hello, Cameron. Here is Cameron James and Alexi as well. If you'd like to hear more from Alexi and I, please join us weekly on Total Reboot, the only podcast on the internet about movies. It's a little bit of Australian flamenco from the Lord. <laughs> the series was produced by Lord Bryce Halliday. Consulting producer Anna Brunowski. Featuring Ben Russell as the voice of Lord Sidney Ling. Artisanal. This episode also featured Bjorn Stewart, Bryce Halliday, Anna Brunowski, and Ivana Ristigetta. The series is mixed and sound designed by John Jacobs. Music by Luca Baroni Peters. Special thanks to David Alat, Maria Lewis, and all of our experts. Romy Albers, Felix Hubble, Catherine Dale, Liz Arold, Chelsea Thistlewaite, Gina Rushton, Kate Cornish, Michael Delaney, Century Artists in the Factory Theatre. Bryce's housemates, the members of the Total Reboot Cinephile Registry, Nancy Miracle and the Marilyn Monroe Foundation, and no thanks to Guinness World Records, who famously stonewalled us through the entire production. This is an ABC Audio Studios production. Executive producer Tom Wright. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio, and exclusives on the ABC Listen app. G'day, I'm Matthew Hayden, former opening batsman for the Australian cricket team, and I'm here to chat to people about my passion. No, not cricket, food. Dishy. One guest, three dishes, and the stories behind them. Each episode, I'll be picking off the plate of a dead set legend, like the mighty Adam Goods, and literally the toughest woman in Australia, Taria Pitt. You'll also hear from MasterChef icon and national treasure, Poling Yao. There are some rules that shouldn't be broken, you know? Like, if I saw Capsicum in a Luxa, I would just go mental. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's just not right, okay? (laughs) (laughs) And my good mate, coach of the Aussie cricket team, Justin Langer. My nana, she used to make the best cheese and pickle sandwiches in the world, Hados. But the butter, the butter was about a centimetre thick. The cheese was about a centimetre thick. The pickle was about a centimetre thick. It was always, oh, don't worry, darling, it's good for the soul, don't worry. But that's just the first course. So come join me, Matthew Hayden, as I serve up a feast of fascinating people on your favourite new podcast. Welcome to Dishy. You can tuck in for free on the ABC Listen app, your smart speaker, or find Dishy on other podcast apps like Apple and Google. Now, I'm going to fire up the grill. Listener.